0: Hello, this is Luke, and today's devotional is from Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 32. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed, and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man cast demons out. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. In verse 23, the people are questioning whether Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah was expected to perform miracles, so the exorcism and healing stood in Jesus' favor in their eyes but his humility, his non-regal speech, and his servant-focused ministry cast much doubt compared to what the people expected. It's good to ask ourselves in passages like this, what are my expectations of God? Are they in line with Scripture? It is easy for us to lose biblically-based expectations of who God is and to fall into a self-created, culturally-influenced one. I would encourage you to ponder this question following this devotional. Following this, the Pharisees charged Jesus with casting out demons by the power of Beelzebul, a common term for Satan. Jesus points out the obvious problem here. For the prince of demons to cast out his subjects would be essentially casting out himself, since demons do his work. The comment about unity is probably the more relatable comment here, i.e., a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. We have to remember that the church is not just your local church. There is a greater global church that comprises the kingdom. It's easy for us, especially in an extremely polarized world, to focus on the differences in churches. Infant baptism, female pastors, Calvinist versus Armenian, etc. These issues are important to have a biblical conviction on, but we can't let the disagreement define our relationship to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We can't seek to stay divided in order to be right. That kind of kingdom will not stand. Verses 30-32 through can be quite sobering. Verse 30 is straightforward. In our relationship to Jesus, there can be no neutrality. As to some issues in persons, neutrality is possible and may even be wise. But in the matter of following Jesus, neutrality is impossible. Failure to follow Jesus wholeheartedly is as dangerous as outright opposition. In a modern world that is often indifferent to Jesus, or likes to pick and choose what they agree with with him, this is a difficult verse. But this is an eternal matter, so it could not be more serious. Following Jesus certainly doesn't have to be perfect we must be committed to walking in his way. Verses 31 through 32 are even more difficult, particularly because I think many people worry they might have committed this unforgivable sin. The distinction between blasphemy against the Son of Man and blasphemy against the Spirit is not that the Son of Man is less important than the Spirit. Instead, within the context of the larger argument, the first sin is rejection of the truth of the gospel, but there may be repentance and forgiveness for that. Whereas the second sin is rejection of the same truth in full awareness that this is exactly what one is doing, thoughtfully, willfully, and self-consciously rejecting the work of the Spirit, even though there can be no other explanation of Jesus' exorcism exorcisms and healings. For the Pharisees who committed this, there was no forgiveness. How does this apply today? The New Testament reveals how close one may come to the kingdom, trusting, touching, perceiving, understanding, And it also shows that to come this far and to reject the truth is unforgivable. Jesus charges that those who perceive his ministry is empowered by the Spirit, and then for whatever reason, whether spite, jealousy, or arrogance, reject to follow it, are beyond forgiveness. This is a really tough passage to swallow. Here are some things that may help. Number one, there's no sense in us trying to figure out who in our lives may have committed this sin. Only Jesus knows, and it does not change how we should interact and care for these people. Number two. Jesus' judgment is perfect and will be seen to be perfect. We can rest assured that anyone who has committed this sin will receive exactly what is fair and just. Number three, God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is a matter he does not take lightly. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to experience you. And I pray that all of those out there who are listening to this, who have experienced you, Lord, just take it upon them to know that this is the truth, Lord, that the Spirit has been given to them and that by your blood, Lord, they are saved and they have the opportunity to live a life that focuses on the eternal while also serving others in the here and now. I pray that those who have read this passage before and worry whether they have committed this unforgivable sin know that their worry in itself is telling of how much they love you, Lord, and that they are likely not under an unforgivable situation there. And I pray that they would just be willing to keep walking in your way and know that the Spirit will reveal itself to them and that they will be able to experience it anew and that you are gracious and that you are slow to anger and that this this matter is very serious for you and that you see the hearts of people and that you will honor that, Lord. I thank you for everyone listening to this, and I pray that they would be encouraged by it and just encouraged to keep walking in your way. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for checking out this devotional for Mission City Church. You can find out more information about our church as well as our full scripture reading plan at missioncitykc.com. You can also follow us at Mission City KC on Instagram or Mission City Church on Facebook. We're a non-denominational church that meets at the Merriam Community Center at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We would love to see you there.